Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me because it takes about a fraction of a second and it is the single biggest thing that you can do to help out the channel and help the show grow. Welcome everyone into the show. It is Thursday night. That means that this is the last show of the week until Sunday, at least the primetime week, if you will. And the Cowboys play on Saturday. So that means this is a preview kind of show where... Since it is a preseason game, we won't be talking about the keys to win the game. We won't be talking about whether or not the Cowboys will win or lose. We will be focusing on individual players because that's what the preseason is for. What the preseason is for. That sounded weird. Sorry about that. Uh, So we'll take a look at some of the players to watch, some of the exciting players to watch, and then some players that need to rebound. And I have about four of them. And then Dak Prescott talked about what he thought about the fights. And also he talked about his favorite divisional rival to beat. So we'll get into all of that uh, tonight. Welcome everyone into the show. Let me start off by saying though, that this is going to be Will Greer's night on Saturday because Mike McCarthy, according to Patrick Nosey Walker, Mike McCarthy said on Thursday that the Cowboys are going to get a quote-unquote super look at Will Greer. Super long look. That is the actual quote. Super long look. And I thought that was intriguing. That caught me a little bit off guard, if I'm being honest with you. Because I think we already did take a super look at Will Greer last weekend. Because he played in 76% of the snaps. So for McCarthy to suggest or to hint at the fact that they're going to be seeing a lot of Will Greer on Saturday night, that leaves me thinking, is Cooper Rush going to play at all on Saturday? Or is this going to be a full game for the third string quarterback, Will Greer? Because it might be. It honestly might be. And that might not excite a lot of fans. That might not get a lot of people saying, oh, heck yeah. I'm going to stay up until 9 p.m. Central time to watch this game. Many, a lot of people, maybe a lot of people will say, you know what? I pass. I'll check out Sunday's show with Mo and see what happened on Saturday night. And that would be totally fair. Uh, But all kidding aside, Will Greer needs a big game, in my opinion. But I do wonder what what the Cowboys are looking for from Greer in this particular game. Like, Say that my theory is right, 
and Will Greer is given the entire game to play against the Seattle Seahawks. You can understand the logic of it. I mean, I'm not questioning any of that. Cooper Rush, you know what you've got in him. He's a safe QB that shines because he's cerebral, because he understands the offense. And even if you change things up, he's been on the Cowboys for a long time. He knows more or less how things are done down there in Dallas. And again, I'll say this. The offense is changing, so maybe he doesn't have that advantage that he had when Kellen Moore was offensive coordinator. But he still knows what the Cowboys did last year. He's still prepared as a starting quarterback for Dallas for multiple weeks. And he knows who Mike McCarthy is as an offensive architect, etc. So maybe if you already know what you've got on Rush, who you just paid or who you are paying $2.75 million to play for you in 2023, Maybe you want to find out who the heck Will Greer is. And when you look at, at Greer play, there is certainly some ups and downs because he's a gunslinger. He likes, he likes to toss that football around. And I would say, based on the little that we've seen from him, that he's got a better arm than Cooper Rush does. And he's a little bit more of an athlete than Cooper Rush is. But that is not what you're looking for at the QB position. You're not looking for the better athlete. You're looking for the better QB, period. And my way of looking at the Cowboys QB position is Rush is the safe guy that will manage the game and not as a, you know, I'm not saying that as a knock on him. After all, he has a winning record for the Cowboys when he has had to take the field. And that's not necessarily because he is winning the game single-handedly, but he's taking care of the football for the most part. But do the Cowboys, are the Cowboys really interested in Greer's upside as a gunslinger? Because I personally think not. I, I don't think that the Cowboys are looking for those occasional wild misfires that Will Greer will have every now and then. And we saw it even last weekend when he was out there uh, struggling a little bit and then he settled down and he had a very nice drive when he targeted Dennis Houston, three consecutive plays more or less. And then he let Deuce Vaughn take over and it was the Will Greer drive, the Dennis Houston drive and the Deuce Vaughn drive all in one. I don't know that the Cowboys are really looking to giving, uh, I don't think that they are aiming to give Will Greer a shot at the backup quarterback job by giving him the keys on Saturday night. I honestly think it's about more, I honestly think it's more about figuring out who he really is and what the Cowboys can expect from him if they do decide to keep him on the roster or even in the practice squad, which I don't think is guaranteed. I don't think any of that is guaranteed. Maybe the practice squad is because you do want to carry somebody there, but there's this new rule that will allow NFL teams to carry a third suited up quarterback on game days without him counting towards the active players that they have at each and every game. And this will be the emergency QB who can only take the field if both the starter and the backup go down on the same game. Kind of like to avoid what happened with the 49ers in the playoffs. But I will say, I don't think that that is enough to warrant you carrying a third QB on the 53-man roster. And with the Cowboys being 
the same team that found a way to start the season with one quarterback on the 53, Dak Prescott, before, you know, shuffling things around. I'm not sure that they will be the team to carry three QBs. So I honestly think that by the time the season starts, it's going to be Dak and it's going to be Rush. But I do think they want to figure out what they have in Will Greer. Now, is it Greer able to put together some very neat throws? Yes, he really is. Like that Jalen Tolbert throw where Tolbert, uh, where the catch was called back because of an offensive pass interference call, quote unquote, that was a very good throw. The same when he found him over the middle for the touchdown. The same with that viral clip from training camp where Tolbert kind of catches the football behind his, his helmet. Even though he's going back and it's a difficult catch, I think it's a good throw from Will Greer. So you see some good stuff in that, in that situation. But anyways, looking like Will Greer night on Saturday night, I wanted to lead off with that because, you know, it's a QV position and... If you're not expecting anything from Will Greer, maybe you are less inclined to stay up on Saturday night. If you are a, if you are a fan, I think, I think it's fair to miss one preseason game every now and then. I'm just, uh, uh, I would never do it, like, because I'm obsessed and I'm sick with this Cowboys fandom, and I know that most of you watching today are too. But I'm just saying, I won't hate on you if you miss the preseason game where Will Greer is about to take over the entire offense. Uh, I kind of hate, though, not seeing Cooper Rush on Saturday night because I want to see a lot from the receivers. I want to see Jalen Tolbert. I want to see Jalen Brooks. I want to see Simi Fehoko, what they've got to show. And I just don't want to see Will Greer missing on some of those targets. And I'm not saying that Cooper Rush is perfect. He most certainly is not. But he might be a little bit more consistent especially on those unimpressive plays. I just want the football in the vicinity of the wideouts. So we'll see how it goes on Saturday. But anyways, let me take a moment to say hi in the chat and to read some of your comments here really quickly. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. By the way, we've got Guru saying, note how the Cowboys did not bother to bring in any scrub camp bodies at a QB for camp. And that might be because they feel confident in the guys that they have, maybe. Ryan says, Greer is good. I mean, our offensive line isn't the best, but if we ain't had a rush, I think he would be fine. Kind of reminds me of Hurts, says Ryan. That, that, is, a very, that is a very generous compar comparison, I would say, for real Greer. Uh, I like some things from Ryan, but I'm, I'm going to give Jalen Hurts his dose of respect, and I'm going to say... He, he is in quite another level right now. But I get what, what Ryan means. Uh, Greer is actually kind of dangerous when he takes off and runs. So that's pretty exciting to see sometimes. Gilbert says, even if they played at 3 a.m. in the morning, I will stay up and watch the game. And by the way, those, those international fans, and yeah, I'm an international fan, but, you know, I'm out here in, in Chihuahua, Mexico. I'm talking about those UK fans or those Germany fans or those Spain fans. I've got some friends in Spain that they do a Cowboys podcast in Spanish and I, I don't get it. Hey, respect to them. I don't get how they wake up, how they stay up to watch the Cowboys play 
when they're on the other side of the world and the time zone difference is massive. Let's see here. Cowboys Chris, thank you for being here. Thank you, sir. He says, happy birthday, Mo. Yeah, that 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 had to happen sooner rather than later. We had to have some, some happy birthday wishes in here. And for those of you who are new to the show, do not worry. It is not my birthday. It's just a running gag here from primetime. Will we see the third wide receiver, Jalen Moreno, Cropper in these next two games? I mean, we might. We might, uh, but a Cowboys wide receiver room is pretty loaded right now and it's uh, opportunities are scarce and there are too many of them. And then there are some misses from the QBs here and there, which is understandable, but still frustrating. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, who is one player that you're looking forward to seeing on Saturday night against the Seattle Seahawks? Let me know in the chat who is one guy that you really want to see on Saturday. And I have a list of guys that I want to go over. Now, personally, I'm going to try to stay away from the most obvious of players. And that to me means I'm not going to say any of the starters and I'm not going to say Deuce Vaughn. Because uh, I've talked about Deuce Vaughn so much this week that I thought it would be kind of unfair to name him again. So I won't. But just know, yeah, I would I would like to see Deuce Vaughn. That, that's the one guy that is going to make me tune in on Saturday night more than anybody else, right? But I've got some other interesting names. While you drop yours in the chat, let me know. Looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say. But in the meantime, let me start with edge rusher Isaiah Land. Finally got around to watch the old 22 yesterday. And just today, I finished out watching the defensive side of the thing, mostly because I wanted to figure out how Isaac Alarcon had done. But in watching Isaac, man, you look Isaiah Land, you look at Isaiah Land, number 53, and damn, he's fast and he's explosive. And he is that athlete that we thought he was that fit what Dan Quinn likes in a player like him. This stat from John Owning, though, was pretty impressive. He finished with four total pressures and a 27% pass rush win rate on first review. And that was the best numbers for any Cowboys edge rusher on Saturday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Land had quite the debut. And we had a show last week where we ranked the three undrafted free agents with the highest chances of making the roster. And to me, Land was number three behind Hunter Lipke and behind John Stephens Jr. And the reason was the fact that the guy is an athlete. The guy has what it takes to, to make an impact and to make, and to make coaches like him, honestly. That being said, though, the Cowboys have a lot of edge rushers. And that's going to be where the challenge comes from from Isaiah Land, uh, can he be the 12th defensive lineman that the Cowboys carry on the team, right? Can he be the, the 12th edge rusher? Now, Marky says, Land is a linebacker. Guru says, is Land going to be counted as a defensive end or an off-ball linebacker? I don't use, uh, like, it's, it's you know, language is so, so complicated when it comes to football sometimes because, I mean, he might be a linebacker if, he might, he's an outside linebacker, so he's an edge rusher, right? So many people would say, oh, defensive end, because he's an edge rusher. But 
when when the defense he says fluid as it is not only with the Cowboys but just across the entire NFL to me the best way to call players is like edge rusher linebacker edge rusher linebacker off ball linebacker and then interior defensive lineman because like a 3-4 defense has defensive ends and has outside linebackers and it's kind of weird but I think that Isaiah Land is an edge rusher and and he is pretty much a full-time edge rusher because he had 31 out of like 35 snaps on the defensive line. So it's difficult from Tyrus Wet, who was spending time as an off-ball linebacker in the box wearing number 91, but that was Wet. That wasn't Isaiah Land. Isaiah Land played as an edge rusher pretty much the entire game. So that's how I would go about describing Land, I would just categorize him as an edge rusher. Wet would be a little bit more of a challenge because he did spend some time in the box. So he is more of a hybrid player to me. Land, though, I'm calling him an edge rusher because that's what the Cowboys are having him do so far. I saw Land has to be the number one guy that I want to watch on Saturday versus the Seahawks other than Deuce Vaughn. But let me go over some of your comments here. Who do you want to see? Jalen Tolbert for Cowboy Chris. And I love that answer, sir, because, man, I want to see Tolbert build on a very strong preseason opener because maybe with a player on, on his situation where his struggles came mostly from a mental side of things, like I want to see him build that confidence up in a big, big way. Uh, Mark Aaron says, John Stephens. Let's see what he can do. More on him later. Katharina says, I want to watch them all, Mo. That is fair. <laughs> Lance says, other than the obvious dues, Stephens. Let's see here. Uh, Joey Vela says, Jalen Moreno, you're the first person to say Cropper's first last name right. Jalen Moreno Cropper? Yeah, let's go. Kelvin Joseph, how, how do people... <laughs> I haven't put much attention to seeing how do people pronounce Jalen Moreno Cropper, but it, yeah, it's Moreno. Uh, Gabriel Cox, can he contribute or is it time to move on? Says Colin. Mark Andrews is chirping. Luis Nachito Duran, un abrazo. Thank you for being here. He says, Alarcón. Yeah. Dues for Gilbert. And I'm going to talk about Alarcón, by the way, later on the show. Uh, Tolbert says, Blake. Kelvin Joseph for Charlene Evans. Let's see here. Sam Williams for Bruce. Joy Vela with a Sim Richards. You know, Sim Richards is an interesting answer because I think he played better than what we've given him credit for. Like, I don't think anyone mentioned Richards as a winner out of Saturday's night game against the Jaguars, but he might have been one, especially since nobody else is really stepping up across the offensive line. So, you could you could see you know you could see Richards being there. Shout out to Luis Duran who says as an exit tech you know and that's how you know basically a, a alma mater being the same from Alarcon. He says I would like to see Alarcon and Tolbert. That's also my alma mater. Let's go Isaac. Let's go Richards and TJ Bass says Guru Moreno. Yoivela says that people say Jalen Moreno. <laughs> Yeah, it's Moreno, Moreno. For those of you who are wondering, Jalen Moreno Cropper. 
Jalen Moreno Cropper. <laughs> That's funny. I appreciate you, Joey Bella. <laughs> you got to laugh out of me for sure. Anyways, I already mentioned Isaiah Land. Number two on my list of players that I really want to watch this Saturday night. Yes, I've got John Stephens on my list. Here are some numbers for you. 12 snaps out of the slot. 14 snaps as an inline tight end. And then he even had one snap out wide. And John Stephens is weird because he's obviously getting work as a tight end. He's a former wide receiver. He was a wide receiver in college. He's a big tight end. But ultimately, the Cowboys are using him like a tight end. But if... If he finds a way to get on the roster on the 53, if he finds a way to become the number four tight end on the team, maybe pushing out Hendershot, maybe pushing out Sean McKeon, however that would happen, you could get somebody that is really a hybrid pass catcher. We're very used to talking about hybrids on defense because that's what Dan Quinn looks for on his players. But what about John Stephens? Like, say you keep him as a tight end. You could still line him up on the outside every now and then. And I'm talking about relatively consistently. Obviously, he's not going to see a lot of playing time on offense unless you are suffering from injuries. There are some guys that are going to be above that chart from Stephens. But he's a guy that you could feel comfortable playing with as an outside threat because he's got the size he's got the speed we've watched him in training camp make impressive catches jumping in the air high pointing the football bringing it down so if John Stephens finds a way to get on the roster he does provide something that the other tight ends might not at all so I like Jake Ferguson I like uh what Schoonmaker can be with time but would you line any of them up on the outside? Maybe not. But maybe if you look at John Stephens as that red zone kind of weapon with the size that he has, is there a bigger role than we would expect him to have on, on offense? And honestly, it might. It might. Uh, he had two catches on the intermediate zone of the field. So he had five total catches. Two of them were beyond 10 yards. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. Uh, I would love for him to put together another strong, another strong uh, performance in the preseason. Now, that is number two for me. I've got some more. Number three here has to be Juan J. Thomas. Safety, whose stock is at an all-time high right now. He has been turning heads in practice. He's had people talking about him throughout all of summer and then he goes out there in the in in the first drive of the game he picks off Trevor Lawrence now it's a very good play you know he's tracking the football he's extending his arms he's catching the football he is honestly making a good recognition on the rollout from Trevor Lawrence cuz it's it looks like it looks like Trevor uh it looks like cover 2 for me when watching that play and then it looks like the Jaguars are running flood to the left. So that means like three routes to the left. And it's kind of like a high-low read. And it looks like Calvin Ridley has the underneath route with, I believe it's it's Evan Engram or Say Jones. I'm not sure exactly who, 
I can't remember who it was. I think it was Evan Ingram. And Ingram has the higher route with Ridley running like the outbreaking route in the middle. But then Lawrence starts rolling out. And I don't know if like Ridley gets confused or what, but he apparently starts playing scramble rules and he starts running up field. And that's why both receivers for the Jaguars are very close to each other. I think that's a, a miscommunication on offense, but I'm not taking any credit away from what Juan J. Th uh, Thomas did in that play because that's a, a strong reaction, gets his hands on the football. But also, I'm not all in on the idea that he's going to push out Marquise Bell. He can do it. I'm not saying he can't. He's in the battle for sure. There is a battle going on in that position, maybe for the final roster spot at safety, whether they carry five or six. But, you know, and, and there is a difference between the two of them since the moment that the Cowboys signed Marquise Velas, an undrafted free agent, the comparison most of the time has always been Jaron Kears. He's the, succession to, uh, the successor to Jaron Kears, and he's more of a strong safety, more of a hybrid player that's going to spend time in the box. And there's obviously the fact that you know, Juan J. Thomas fits a different profile, more of a high safety, more of a free type safety. And maybe that's an advantage for him. But there are still five roster spots for the safeties. So I don't think that just because he feels a different need, he is going to he's going to stay on the roster over Marquis Bell. I don't think that's what's going to define it. I think it's straight up going to be who's the best player and who do the Cowboys have the higher degree of trust in in the 2023 season. And now that I'm thinking about it too, and I'll look this up really quickly here, special team snap counts, Marquis Bell, well, he, he really didn't have the, the highest snap count. So that maybe not, not going to be that much of a big deal because he had just like a 17% snap count on special teams. That's probably not going to keep you on the team as a, as a tiebreaker or anything like that. But either way, the Cowboys are not going to be wanting to see any of these two players on the field on defense because, you know, they've got their starters already. So do they make the choice just like, hey, man, Malik Hooker is injured and I want to have a free safety on my 53-man roster? Nah, man. With the way that elevations work nowadays with the practice squad stuff, I don't think that's going to be the determining factor at all. So, yes, Juan J. Thomas is on the rise and I'm looking forward to seeing him play, but I still think he needs to do a little bit more to push out Marquise Bell at least from my 53-man roster projection. So I've already mentioned Isaiah Land. I've already mentioned John Stephens, Juan J. Thomas. One more player that I really want to watch, and yes, this is a little bit of a obvious one, but I don't care. Masi Smith. I want to see more from Masi. He's that player that definitely showed some very promising stuff in the preseason opener when we watched it live. We could just focus on how explosive he was out of his stance. But you watch the old 22 and you start seeing that strength. You start seeing that immense power that he has, the punch that he carries. All of that was noticeable on tape. 
However, there were still some moments where he gets caught. Uh, he he gets caught off guard, and you would expect him to, because that's a messy position. It's your first NFL action ever. You're starting out against a first-team offensive line, so I would have I would have expected him to have those rough moments. I want to see how quickly he shakes off some of them in Game Two of the preseason. So give me Massey Smith. I'm excited about it all. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say though in the chat. Joey Bella, that is a wonderful question, and I, I'm gonna say this: I think that Sky and I hate each other. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I think that Sky and I are just like super distracted and super busy, and we—I'm not kidding—and and he will back this up. We DM each other every once in a while, and then it's like, hey, man, we should team up and have a crossover stream again. And it's like, heck, yeah, dude, we need to do it. We need to make it happen. And then we just both forget. And then the days go by, and we don't, we don't get together. But we need to make that happen, Joy Bella. I agree. We haven't done that since, what, since last year? I don't even remember if we had one in the offseason, which is honestly unacceptable <laughs> sky and i need to have a crossover stream before the season starts for sure i'm also trying to get a guest for next week that um that i think many of you will like i'm, I'm pretty excited about talking uh to this guest that i won't reveal yet until we get confirmation on the date when when it's gonna happen Life happens. Yep, that is life, man. That is life. That's life. But it, it happens. I, I will make a note of it, though. I, I do want to have that crossover stream happen with Sky. Colin says, Mo is his secret Sith Lord, and Skywalker still doesn't know why those team-ups never happen, but he feels a disturbance in the Force. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Master's Mid is my other one. Now, let's get into some players who need to bounce back. Let's get into some players that need to bounce back against the Seattle Seahawks. And it's a, a list of four players for me. And I'm about to throw them up in the, in the screen right now for you. I've got three players that need to bounce back. One of them is Malik Davis. We've talked about the running back position at length this week. But I'm going to keep it short this time around. Deuce Von Stock went through the roof last week. Rick Dowdle would have gone up if it wasn't for a fumble. Let's say that maybe it stayed the same because he showed that he has that burst. He showed that he's got that acceleration after the catch that he can provide some use in special teams even. But he had that fumble. And that's like the big knock on Rick Dowdle. For Malik Davis, the knock is that he really didn't do much. Uh, he missed the... Blitz pickup that we all talked about. He had three yards in four rush attempts. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I don't want to say that Malik Davis sucked last weekend. Because, man, that offensive line was getting punished by the Jaguars' first team defense. And that's where Malik, that's when most of Malik Davis's play came in, like against the first team defense with that offensive line. So some of the struggles are not even his fault in that way. Plus four carries, 
really not that much. So I want to give Davis the benefit of the doubt. But the fact is his stock went down while the others went up. So that's why, in my opinion, he needs that bounce back game against the Seahawks. Another player is Kevontae Turpin. Now, to me, he was one of the losers from last week. John Fassel went out today and he confirmed that, hey, Turpin is a special team's ace. He's going to be the guy when the season starts as a returner. So that is a pretty strong endorsement right there from the special teams coordinator. Because after that fumble on special teams, one uh, we were all like, hey, man, you never know. The, those roster spots, pro bowler or not, are never guaranteed when it comes to the NFL. So I think he needs to bounce back both on special teams because of the fumble, but mostly let's get that offense going. Let's get that wide receiver play going for Kevontae Turpin. We hear the Cowboys talking about it. We hear the Cowboys believing in Kevontae as a wide receiver. We have yet to see it, though, as as fans and as people watching the game. So I want to see Kevontae Turpin bounce back on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. I have another player here that I know many people will not really put a lot of stock in because some people already looked at him as a very long shot for the 53-man roster anyways. But I still want to do it because, you know, it's my guy. That That's honestly where it starts. It's a bias towards Isaac. I, I feel like I need to mention him and talk about his game and share some feelings on it. But also, he's not any practice squad player. Like, he's been on the Cowboys for three years now. This is his fourth season in the NFL. So I wanted to talk about Isaac. He's one of the players that needs to bounce back. I'm not going to lie. But also... What can you ask from him? Like, he is going from one position to another. He played offense for three years in the NFL. Then he goes to the defensive side of the ball, and he starts learning how to play defensive tackle. But he's doing it at the NFL level. Not at a high school level, not at a collegiate level. He's doing it at a pro level. And maybe even I underrated just how difficult of a transition that is because man Isaac had some struggles against the Seahawks if we're gonna keep it real against the Jaguars excuse me if we're gonna keep it real and you can see why Dan Queen goes out there and he says you know what man he's worth the time and he is worth the investment because you can see the play strength in some of those reps you can see him generating movement in some of those reps but for the most part He lacks the instincts to really know what to do when double teams are coming his way. Some of them or some chips really catch him off guard. And it's like, ah, you hate to see it, but it's also part of the school process of learning a new position. And the use of hands is not there at this point. It it really isn't. And I don't want to knock him. I wouldn't do it because as I'm saying, like, this is not about where he comes from any anymore. This is about if you asked any player to switch positions like that, they would have a tough time in the NFL. So this is like an extra year for Isaac. And he said it on a recent interview with Aldia Dallas. He was like, hey, I didn't ask for this, but I'm doing the most I can out of it. I cannot control the fact that 
the Cowboys didn't want me to play offense anymore, uh, but they still gave him another chance on defense because they are intrigued by the athlete that he is. So it is a very uphill battle that he is facing. The use of hands, I was going to say, rarely sit like, you know, inside on the chest, thumbs up to control the offensive lineman. Most of the time, you know, it's outside. Most of the time he, he loses that battle in the game versus the Jaguars. And that was, man, it was a little bit frustrating. I'm not going to lie. It kind of hurt too. But whew, it's just part of it. It's just part of it. Uh, I'm going to put somebody here that is spamming the Facebook comments. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an end to that really quickly. Uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Isaac is on my bouncing back list right here he has a tough tough time to make uh, the practice squad even so it's going to be fun to see how he does in week two of in and week three because to me what it's about now it's about how quickly can he shake that off too like how quickly can he turn the page on week one to week two and get there on saturday night and say hey that was just the first time i was playing defensive tackle in an actual game that's what it looked so ugly but I'm, I'm learning quickly, and, and we'll see. We'll see, and maybe he shows enough to the Cowboys for him to be kept on the practice squad, and that would be pretty fun. Isaac getting respect here in the comments from, from Cam. Cowboy Chris is, I like Isaac, though. He has a gift for sure. He is huge, and he is so strong, and I think that's what the Cowboys are, are you know, interested in. Because I don't think some people say that, hey, it's all marketing and stuff. And we know how valuable roster spots are in the NFL. The Cowboys don't need the marketing. <laughs> He's there because the Cowboys want to figure out what he has to offer. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Vincent says, uh, Overshone, Land, Thomas, Massey Williams, and some of his players to watch. Guru says, Junior Fajoko is too raw and four behind. And far behind right now, highly doubt he'd be a game day active this year. In my opinion, Stashium on IR, says Guru. I'm intrigued about Fehoko because the Cowboys clearly look at him as a better player than that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have counted, uh, they wouldn't have kept him, excuse me, on the Drafted him, excuse me, on the fourth round of the NFL draft. Colin here really quickly. He says, but Alarcon didn't count against roster spots the last few years in practice squad or otherwise. He was, quote unquote, free. This is the first year he counts, and he's only counting against the 90 man where they have plenty of spots. And yeah, like I'm talking about this year. I'm not talking about the years before that. I'm talking about 2023. Those 90 roster spots are too valuable, even if it sounds like too much, like, Teams are always trying to get to 90 and then they add somebody and they immediately cut somebody because it's only 90 roster spots. They wouldn't be using one of those 90 spots just for marketing purposes when they don't even do like enough to believe that. Like if, if the Cowboys were spewing out videos of Isaac every single day on social media, you could maybe back up that notion that he was there for marketing purposes, but they don't, they are not even doing that. 
the guy is just practicing and doing his thing. And when they ask coaches about him, they respond. But they're not out there publicizing Isaac or anything like that. So I think that notion has always been absolutely ridiculous. And I would even say uh, insulting, honestly, to the players who are in the international player pathway, not just Isaac himself. You know, players who have made the rosters and made game day rosters. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, one more thought, though, before we get out of here tonight and call it a night. Okay, that's nice. Uh, sorry, got a random text that, that caught my attention here really quickly. Dak Prescott had an interview with Nick Idman. You can check it out on Dallas Cowboys YouTube channel. It's about half an hour long, and it's pretty good. It's pretty insightful. You love to hear Dak Prescott talk some football and be open with the interviewers. But anyways, there was one particular moment that I thought was pretty fun. And that was when Nick Edman asked him through the people on social media, because it wasn't his question directly. It was like from fans shooting in questions for Dak. And one of them was, who is your favorite division rival to beat as the Cowboys quarterback? I got kind of intrigued when I heard the question, but I was also like, here comes the QV political answer. Like, here comes the, every team is the same for us. We just want to get the win every week, every division rival. We respect them. Dak's too genuine for that, man. Dak, <laughs> that's the thing about leaders. Like, if you are going to lead a group of men like the Dallas Cowboys in NFL team, you got to be genuine. And Dak was genuine. So he was like, hey, listen. That's a cliche answer, but everybody's tough. But he did say, honestly, it's probably Philly. <laughs> and I absolutely loved that response from Kiwi One. Now, he kept it respectful because he wasn't like, yeah, man, I want to beat the Eagles because they suck or anything like that. He actually made it about the fans and he made it about the stadium. So here is a full quote for you. He said, that was, no, sorry. But more so just because of the environment and because of their fans. It's a great, it's as great of a place to play football. That's where passion is at its peak to go over there, to get a win, to battle with those guys has always been fun over my career. And then he even added that last year when he wasn't able to play because of a thumb injury, he said that was really one of those times where I realized the significance of this stadium and the passion and just the energy that flows within it. It's a special place. So QB1, it, it doesn't get any classier than that. First and foremost, he gives fans a legit answer. He says, you know what? I enjoy beating the Eagles the most. It's just the, the truth. But he gives them their respect, and he even praises the fans for the Eagles, which is, is pretty, pretty respectful from Dak Prescott. So you got to love that moment. I... I Anytime that coaches and players are cool and they avoid those cliche answers and they give you an actual fun thing to run with, you got to appreciate it. You got to appreciate it. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you because it made my day. And I, I'm sure that it's going to make some of you all too. I was like, I was driving and I was like, 
that's my freaking QB, man. That's my QB. He gave an actual answer. And to make it even better, it was Philly. And I wrote about it for adcsports.com. And this is just my personal touch on things. Like, it meant a lot, in my opinion, too, because back in 2016, Sunday night football game, Halloween weekend, you've got the Cowboys and the Eagles going at it. Prescott's rookie season. We're all wondering, hey, is it going to be Romo? Is it going to be Dak? Is it going to be Romo? Is it going to be Dak? And then they come back over time. Prescott breaks away from the pressure, rolls out, finds a wide open Jason Witten for the game winning catch, and the Cowboys get to a six and one record. I was at the stadium that day. It was a very special day for me personally. And we are walking out of the stadium, you know, going down the ramps, and Cowboys fans are chanting, Eagle suck, Eagle suck. Fun times. And then this old couple is walking next to me, and the guy's like, so who's going to be the QB? Who do you think? Are you a Romo guy or a Dak guy? And I'm like, up until that moment, I, I had thought that, hey, man, Romo is coming back and he's going to lead this team. But from that game on, I was like, man, this is, this is Prescott's team. So it's pretty cool that, you know, as fans, you get those memories with certain uh, rivalries and, and and it's cool to see uh, players partake in that and be like, hey man, I enjoy beating Philly. I can guarantee you that 2016 game is a big part of it. Shout out to Cowboy Chris, by the way. Thank you, sir, for the super chat, for the donation, for the comment. I appreciate you. Thank you for the for the support. Let's see what you guys have to say though. Uh, Eagles is shock. Also, his answer there. That was an awesome answer Dak gave. I loved it. Lance says, Dak is my QB. You got to love it. Joey Bella says, respect. Uh, Cam says, I really Dak, I really think Dak is problematic with his ankle. I'm not exactly sure what Cam means here, though, honestly. But let us know in the chat, please. Uh, sorry, I couldn't help myself, says Colin. I'm not sure what this is about, too. Uh, sorry about that. If we traded Kelvin Joseph to the Eagles, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go ahead and read that. Uh, all good. Hey, thank you, sir. Lance says when Dak got hurt and saw them damn tears broke my heart. I became diehard. Yeah, man, that that moment was tough, tough to see. I remember that picture of him being carried into the cart, and then just like the entire team is right behind them, and they're all like terrified phases that was something that really was something ladies and gentlemen that will be it for me tonight here on the show we went a little bit long tonight but that's okay we own the show we we we, we can go as long as we want that is a cool thing about youtube thank you all i appreciate you enjoy the game on saturday night and we will see each other on Sunday. So one day later, we're going to have a lot to get through. We're going to talk winners. We're going to talk losers, takeaways, all of that. Enjoy the game. Do me a favor and hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed the show. Every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So you would do me a big favor if you take half a second to do that. Thank you to everybody in the chat. I appreciate you. Have a fantastic weekend. Nos vemos. El domingo. Bye-bye.